0: Fans of the second edition of the MOLA Sprint Car Series presented by Casey's General Stores Podcast. Of course, last week we debuted this show and we've gotten a lot of pretty good feedback so far about it. Um, I, I'm the host, Patrick Davis, along with me, Jeremy Sanders. We've got some special guests lined up for us tonight, including your brother, Jeremy Sanders, or uh, Justin Sanders, excuse me. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, it had to be a little bit different for you, uh, standing there watching him behind the wheel with three oh five compared to say uh being behind the wheel yourself. it's definitely a lot different,
1: uh yeah, I mean it's uh it's different. I enjoyed it though, um you know, I mean, I grew up around it, um uh, helped my dad for years um ever since I was a little kid, uh worked in the pit, so uh definitely not unknown territory for me, but um yeah, definitely. Something um, I like to do every once in a while, but definitely behind the wheel more than than uh, sitting out there and checking stagger and work on the cards. But um, it's nice to to have somewhat of a more relaxing and, um, night, as I guess you can say. as You don't have all the pressure on you to, to perform out there.
0: I know I've seen other racers in the stands, and one of them that kind of comes to mind is uh, like Kenny Schrader. Some guys I know literally cannot stand not being in a race car they literally will pace they'll, they'll twitch their fingers their feet they'll chew their nails they'll do a lot of different things you you on the other hand I would have to say we're pretty calm but you still much rather be in the seat than watching any day wouldn't you
1: um most definitely I'd rather be in the seat i uh, I enjoy it and there's there's been years and, and times where I just don't go to a race because if I if I don't if I go to a race just to watch, it I it kills me because I want to be out there. So um, unless obviously like this one with family, unless it's family or just something close, um, I usually just stay home and uh, spend time with family, etc. Because um, I want to get the edge feedback behind the wheel. But like I said, it was fun. Uh, family, it was good to to see Justin go out there and and have his chance and and see what it's like uh, to be behind the wheel. Obviously, not the horsepower that the four tens carry, but. Um, just to see what it's like to be in, inside of a sprint car, and instead of watching, um, you know, from from the stands or watching from the bleachers, and and now getting perspective and seeing what it's like to be behind a wheel of one of these cars. And
0: you you brought up some really good points about like maybe people ask why maybe somebody isn't at the racetrack why they're a driver, but I I think you kind of summed it up pretty pretty well. It's just if you, for a driver if you're not behind the wheel you you're you're addicted to that adrenaline rush it's literally an addiction that unless you've experienced it you just do not understand what just what exactly goes into it just how how hooked you really get to it
1: yeah it's I mean obviously like I said it's it's an adrenaline rush you get the itch you want to do it all the time um you know when I'm done working in my full-time job during the day if I'm not spending time with my wife, my daughter, I'm in the garage tinkering on the race car just because that's my thing to do. Otherwise, I sit around and get bored. And um, <laughs> you want the truth? Last winter proved it. I uh, I sat around. My daughter just uh, was born in 2000, January 2013, and so that whole year I sat around really and spent a lot of time. Didn't spend much time in the garage and, and gained a bunch of weight. So I've been back in gym and lost a, bunch, a lot of weight. And, Back in the garage, tinkering with race cars again and still spending time with family and stuff. But uh, yeah, I, if I'm not working on them, I, I need to be racing them. And that's just something that I guess that's, it's been around me my whole life, my family. And it's just something that I got to do. A lot of guys go out, go to parties. I go to the garage and work on the car. That's, that's
0: the life of a lot of racers and all disciplines of motorsports as well, just kind of during the week, working the nine to five grind or. Putting in the overtime hours And as soon as you get home Just working until 10, 11 o'clock till you till you absolutely have to quit And go to bed so you can get up and work And kind of repeat the same day yesterday
1: That's right
0: so, uh, Patrick,
1: what do you think? we got some big racing coming up this weekend What do you, uh, what do you got thoughts You think is going to come up on uh, cars And uh, what, kind of, what what's your thought Behind this weekend coming up?
0: I t- I'll tell you what, uh, you get, uh, the MOA series is heading back up to 34 raceways up in Burlington, Iowa. One of those racetracks, if you've not seen it, definitely a place to get up and check out. Nice facilities out in the middle of the Iowa countryside. It's a very, very racy track. It, no matter what kind of race cars on it, they put on a great show, and the MOA Sprint Car Series is no different. It's definitely going to be one of those shows where, with, no- with the Knoxville points being wrapped up, there are going to be guys looking for a place to race. and. I look for a really, really stacked field of 410 spread cars come Saturday night.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to it. been uh, having three three rainouts now that we've had, and uh, and being out for almost a month again. I'm uh, I'm ready to get behind the wheel and uh, and get that going and and get the butterflies away. Every time I get in the car, I, I may have butterflies beforehand, but when that engine starts, I'm I'm ready to go and and get focused and and, and uh, ready to put the the pedal down the floor and and, and get that horse to Burlington is one of those tracks where you don't lift and it's a fast it, it, they call it a quarter mile, but it's a big quarter mile and it's a it's one of those tracks where you never lift and you try to keep the car as straight as you can and and, uh, and enjoy a ride, I guess you can say.
0: Yeah and there's plenty of videos out there, definitely one of those places if you if you've not seen the place, check it out on YouTube and make the drive up there on Saturday. It's well worth Heading up there, some of the nicest facilities on the entire entire uh, schedule, and some re- really good racing, really good people. It's, it's going to be a really good way to spend your Saturday night.
2: Most definitely.
0: Say, so, well, um, I think this is a good time here for our first break in the show. When we come back, uh, we'll welcome in the recent uh, recent 305 sprint car drivers first time in practice Wednesday in the. Got his first race on in on a Friday night before Mother Nature decided to kind of rain on the parade. We'll welcome in the, Jeremy's brother, Justin, Sanders into the show here after our first commercial commercial break. Stick around. We'll be right back with the Mola Spread Car Series presented by Casey's General Source Podcast. This time we welcome in... Somebody that just hopped in car for the first time here last Wednesday night at practice at Jacksonville Speedway and got his first competitive last Friday night in 305 Wings Sprint Car at Jacksonville brother Moa president uh, Jeremy Sanders Justin Sanders uh, Justin welcome to the show kind of
3: uh,
0: tell us a little bit about what you've done before hopping behind the wheel before we kind of hop into what it was like for the first time.
2: Oh, well, before I was able to hop in to the race car I helped out Jeremy for ever since he started. And I think he's been racing for over ten years. I I can't really recall but uh but there was a time also when dad was racing while he was racing and you know, I'd be doing double duty on both cars and learned a lot of experience that way, you know, learned about the car and you know, it's been around my life you know, been in my life all the time, so I picked up a lot of things here and there, and finally getting to be able to get behind the wheel, uh, got to talk to Kenny and Robbie, my Uncle Robbie, and uh, he told me, you know, they wanted to get me into sprint car racing, sooner or later, next thing I you know, they called me on the Monday and say, well, we're going to have practice Wednesday, you want to jump in it? Well, I'm trying to get all these arrangements made, because, you know, i got a two-year-old kid also, but... And then next thing we know, we're racing Friday. So then again, you never know, we got to find babysitter and all that. But I was fortunate enough to have my son come with me and my girlfriend, Crystal, to go watch me for the first time in a sprint car. Um, I was able to hop into a, a full-blown 410 sprint car when I was 15 years old in a mechanics race down in Farmington, Missouri, that uh, my Uncle Robbie let me jump in. And I had a I had a blast in that too, but you know that was over ten years ago doing that and uh but yeah this this practice was opened my eyes up a lot and uh really got me itching to drive again
0: for somebody like that who has only been behind the wheel a couple of times but worked on race cars for a long time did some of that knowledge on the adjustments that you've made for on Jeremy's car and throughout the years, is, did that really kind of help you kind of maybe find your feel a little bit behind the seat when you uh, got out of the car and uh, made adjustments to uh, try and pick up speed and maybe make the car a little bit more stable for you.
2: Well, Wednesday it was more of trying to get the feel of the car, so I couldn't really tell you know how the car would react until I got in it, but. Once I started picking up the throttle more and more, you know, I was able to tell and feel the car. And it's just like my dad said, you know, you pretty much become one with the car. You you can feel and you react quicker. Um, and it's just a lot of stuff that goes through your head, you know. you got brake control, throttle, throttle control, and then along with the steering wheel and everything, plus getting tossed around in the car, you know, it's a lot to take on. And, you know, that's just a 305 Sprint car, you know. I can only imagine what a 410 would do. But you know, it, there was some things, especially what Friday when we raced, that I picked up on. You know, I can feel the car get on right rear and drive around. But you know, it was it was nothing really I I've done to the car because Robbie had it set up pretty good for me.
0: That's kind of a kind of a good thing to mention as well. That you you really drive drive any kind of sprint car, whether it be a three hundred five, four hundred ten, with a wing, without a wing, it's it's all, it's literally all feel and a lot, a lot really rides on that right rear and uh, how much throttle control you have in the car.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, that that first night when I practiced it, it it really opened up a lot of, uh, uh, you know, thoughts in my head where, you know, I come off the turn and all of a sudden it's driving towards the wall because it's driving off the left rear and then next thing you know it's on the right rear, so... And, but the car is driving, so it, it's a lot of control, and like I said, you know, I I respect all the racers out there, no matter what what they are, but, you know, everybody wishes, you know, the race full-time, and I'm sure that always goes through everybody's heads. It's
0: one of those deals, that, and it just kind of explain just how sensitive is the throttle for somebody who's maybe never been in a sprint car, just kind of, just... How sensitive is that throttle pedal when you get in there? How quick does the power just instantly get to the back wheel?
2: I mean, it's it's an instant reaction. I mean, granted, I was in a 305 Sprint car, and the motor's, you know, a little bit weaker than the 410, but I I can tell a big difference if I hit a dry patch or, you know, if I'm in the tacky. You know, if I'm in the dry patch and, and I get on the gas, I'm just buzzing the tires, and you can feel that. You know, you're not going anywhere, but if you're in the tacky and you're in the throttle, you know, you can feel the the car pull itself. You know, it, it's a major difference, and you know, throttle control plays in big, more way more than uh, when the tracks drive slick, but it, it helps you feel your way around the car. You know, and it it definitely makes it faster. For instance, you know, Friday when uh, Wonkel passed me, you know, I I. I didn't realize I was going then into the turn too quick and he was going around smooth at the bottom. So I started following him and I was able to, you know, keep up with him. So it was unfortunate that I started up front, but then again, you know, I, I was fortunate enough also for Wonka to pass me and able to pick up some, you know, experience that way to the, to see what it's like behind following somebody also.
0: And that, that's, Another really good point that people sometimes kind of maybe maybe not necessarily understand that you can really learn a lot just by following certain drivers just out there, like what lines they're hitting and see what their car's doing, kind of maybe feel what your car's doing and see if you can maybe run the same line or what you have to do to... Maybe pick up the lap times, and this is for anybody, whether it be their first night or somebody who's got twenty-five, thirty years behind the wheel. You can always learn something when you're behind the wheel.
2: Oh yeah, and I, have Jeremy had that GoPro camera on uh, the car, which is out there on YouTube, and I've probably watched that thing a hundred times because you know I constantly wanted to learn. Okay, what could I've done here? What could I've done there? Because before Friday all I was was just racing against myself. You know, I didn't have anybody to compare to until Friday, you know, when uh, we were racing against three other people there. And, you know, I can finally pace myself against other people and, you know, see what lines they're running. Because, you know, the other people have been in the seat way longer than I have, so it's good to have somebody out there to follow along with because you pick up a lot more and uh, more quicker that way, too.
0: Well, unfortunately, you didn't get to make it to the feature event on Friday night. Mother Nature decided she wasn't going to be much of a race fan, which has unfortunately been the story of the season for a lot of motorsports, including the MOA series. We've had our fair share of rainouts as well. But watching out on the
1: racetrack, I got a chance
0: to – was actually able to be there. and Like you said, you could kind of tell when you were out there and you – Definitely, we're learning every lap you made out there, and you looking forward to the next chance you get to hop behind the wheel of any kind of car, whether it be the 305, maybe a 410, just, you ready for that next chance behind the wheel?
2: Oh, yeah, I've already made some calls to see if I can either get a motor or if who has got rides and everything, because I definitely got the itch now, and I'm ready to get back into it, but, you know, I have to think my dad and my brother and Robbie and Kenny for all, you know, giving me the opportunity, but I'm also hating them too, because I know it's going to be a pretty expensive penny for me in the future also. (laughs) Well,
0: Justin standards, thank you very much for the time. And uh, we hope to see you out on the racetrack again sometime here real soon.
2: All right. Thank you very much.
0: We'll take a quick break right here, and we'll be back with our next guest, the driver of the uh, 5 Sprint Car, Caleb Wonkel. We're back from our break, and with us now is the driver of the number 5 uh, MOA Sprint Car, as well as a th- He's also driver of a 305 Sprint Car, as well, out of Jacksonville, Illinois. Uh, Caleb Wonkel. Caleb, uh, welcome to the MOA Podcast, my friend.
2: Thank you, Patrick. Well...
0: Tell us a little bit about your racing career, kind of leading up to where you're at, uh, where
2: you're at today. Well, uh, I started out with go karts when I was five, and I quit probably when I was about ten. And then uh, we started uh, getting into uh, street stock, and went from there and got a couple wins and a championship at Jacksonville in 2011. And then we decided to give that up and try a sprint car. So we started out there in a 360. And then the following year, we bought a 410 and a 305 just to get more laps. And uh, here we are today, racing both of them still.
0: uh, Yeah, in fact, Second, uh, the second year of the series back in 2012, you were actually the rookie of the year and had a, had a decent year for a rookie. It definitely had its ups and downs, but kind of tell us a little bit about what it was like being a rookie and out following a series like the MOA Sprint Car Series,
2: done by Casey's General Stores. Yeah, it was a it was a different feel than I guess just coming from a big jump from a street stock, but it was something different, and it. It's a blast to race one and the being the rookie of the year of the Moa series was pretty pretty good feeling and I know it was a close one. Uh it came down to the last night with my buddy Paul Meenheiser and I think it ended up not too many points away but just uh felt good to get that and just get it under my belt and go from there and just start racing more and more uh
0: what would you say being a rookie that year what was your biggest challenge and would you say even maybe even as your biggest challenge today uh as a driver on the mola series
2: my biggest challenge would probably be just getting faster and falling better than me and uh Learning from mistakes that I make and just getting everything right in line, set up wise And, I mean, there's all kinds of things that can go into play with racing. I mean, uh, just everything, I mean. So,
0: yeah, because, like you said, jumping from a street stock and running. it. Uh, one track weekly then hopping out on the road with the 410 and you're seeing a lot of places for the first time in a car that you're you're not really maybe the most familiar with just kind of explain what that feeling is like having to learn not only you're you're learning the car but you're also learning about a new racetrack that maybe you've never raced at before.
2: Well uh, the sprint car feels way different than what my street stock was, they go a lot faster and there's a lot of things that even go even faster. I mean, going to a different track, you got to just pretty much set the car up different and uh, go from there and it just, it's different getting the feeling for other tracks Some will be fast all night, and some will just be slicked off in hot laps. Depends on how hot it is, or if the track prep does the job right. Yeah, and
0: and then even some places maybe you've seen before, but sometimes even something as simple as the weather—whether it rains the night before, or whether whether it looks like it might rain the day of the race—can even affect a racetrack. compared to what it normally might be and it throws a wrench to everybody because everybody kinda of has to make those adjustments to kind of set their car up for what the track might be that night and sometimes sometimes you get it right and sometimes it's just one of
2: them deals where you're adjusting on it all night. Yeah, sometimes you can hit it right on the head or you can just be out to lunch. I mean it just depends on if if you're good at the track or if you got a good setup, I mean there's a lot of things that come into play when you're trying to be fast with all the other good guys out there with Moa. Uh,
0: speaking on, on a little bit about the setup, just kind of explain how easy for some of the fans who might not be familiar with all the adjustments these cars have, but just explain how easy it is for one or two adjustments to really just change the, the handle of the car altogether.
2: Well, uh... Some of them are easy to do, and I mean, if you got to get to where you want to be, sometimes you got to change a lot of stuff. And it, I mean, you can just change the blocking and move your right rear end, and there's all kinds of things that you can do to make the car tighter as the night goes on and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, air pressure comes into play. There's just Quite a bit of stuff that you can change and make turns here and there to tighten the car up or put some tilt in it. Uh, there's just a handful of things you can do to make yourself better or make the car feel better for the driver.
0: Yeah. And- and it's one of those things too. Every every driver has their own driving style. They've kind of got a feel on what they want the car to do, and no two drivers really kind of have the same kind of feel driving style. So setup is definitely going to vary from person to person. It's all just kind of one of those things where the more uh, would you say the more laps you turn, kind of you finally get more of a understanding or a feel of the car and what you want it to do and what you have to do to make that happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds. Of, it just depends. I mean, some people are different how they want to drive a car, or some people like a tighter race car or a looser one. Or, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do. Okay, before we let
0: you go, um, who are who are some of the sponsors and people who help uh, keep you on the racetrack each and every time each and every night out on the Molla Sprint Car Series?
2: Well, my main one would be my parents and uh, Everlasting Monument, Mall Shop, and uh, A B and C Moving, and Boss Rancheros, Leo's Pizza and LA Nails, and that that wraps up for the sponsor list. And there's a lot of people that help me out. I mean, there's a handful of people that just help give a hand every week and help me at least get better and stuff like that.
0: Well, Caleb, thank you very much for your time, and uh, best of luck up at 34 on Saturday night.
2: Thanks, Patrick.
0: There you have it. The driver number five, Caleb Wonkel, here on the Most print Car Series, presented by Casey's General Source Podcast. We're going to take a quick break here, and then when we come back, we'll have the driver who was the runner-up to Caleb in that rookie battle in 2012 out of, out of Chapin, Illinois, the number nine of Paul Nienheiser. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back from break, ladies and gentlemen. At this time, we have the driver of the number nine sprint car uh, for uh, out of Chape in Illinois, 2012 runner-up in the Rookie of the Year battle, uh, as uh, Caleb Wankel so uh, well put it in his interview in the last segment. Paul Neenheiser out of Chape in Illinois. Paul, welcome to the uh, MOA Sprint Car Podcast.
3: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Say,
0: so, hey Paul, just uh, seen on your Facebook uh, that Yesterday, marked your uh, one-year anniversary of your first win in a 410-wing sprint car, Quincy. Kind of explain explain what it's like to the fans after kind of working hard at it, picking up speed, just kind of what it means to pick up that first win. Just explain the feeling if you can.
3: Well, I guess I'll just kind of take you through it. I mean, uh, I ran quarter midgets and, until I was about nine, and I got into a mini sprint. And then uh, when I was 15, I actually started driving a 410 uh jump from the micros, and uh, like Caleb said, I kind of had a pretty mediocre year, you know, and that may be saying a lot. Uh, ran second in the rookie of the year points, and then last year, uh, actually the first race out of the gate, we put a new car together and won a 360 race, and uh, a couple months later won another 360 race, and then a year ago, September 1st, uh, got that first Mellow win, and it almost felt like a long time coming, but at the same time. Um, I, I feel like to pick up as much speed as we did in a short amount of time as we've been doing it, you know, says a lot about the people I've got behind me and the equipment and all the great support I get from everybody, and it, it was just kind of a special night, and there was a big crowd on hand, and uh, the track was fast and around the top, and it just kind of was uh, groove, you know, it it just really fit my driving style well, and uh, ever since we've been back to Quincy, we've been pretty fast there, so I just I think it's the track that fits me pretty well.
0: I would say I would say any track that has a lot of speed has suited you pretty well this year. You, you've kind of had had your string of bad luck kind of tied in there. You, although you do have a second place finish at our uh, track that we're going back to this coming Saturday night at Burlington. I know that kind of has to have you pumped up a little
3: bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, most of this year we we've had quite a bit of bad luck, or you know, it may just be myself put myself in bad positions on the racetrack where you know there may be more wrecks or have to happen and you know I I, ever, I never run into a place you know I never go to a track and don't think that I don't have a chance to win and uh, you know you just have to have that mindset and if you don't have that confidence and, you know whatever you tell yourself you're going to do is what you're going to do so um, I just have confidence and you know I'm I'm uh, 110% every lap on the track and you know I may walk a pretty thin line sometimes up by the wall and on the cushion and uh, it's come back to bite me you know like you said we've had pretty good luck, and we've really gained a lot of speed and done a little bit of R&D in the shock program and really gotten things going this year. I feel like we built more speed this year than we had last year, which, you know, you can't complain about that to be always building on things, and and uh, like I-55 Raceway Pee we got a pretty fast track, and uh, we had it going pretty good there in May and actually got upside down as we were getting ready to take the lead there. Uh, then Burlington, we had a good run there, running behind a couple of my childhood heroes uh, Terry McCarl won, and we actually flipped by even Craig Delansky there with a few laps to go. And, uh, you know, I I don't know who all going to be there this weekend, but, you know, like
1: I said, it doesn't matter. And,
3: uh, we're going to go there to win, and that's what we intend to do.
1: Now, Paul, you that's brought it. up a bit there, um, not knowing who's going to be there to win. And we hear a lot of drivers sometimes that, that run with our series. Um, that you know, that they they get down themselves when they see some of the big guys like Ryan Brown, Ian Madison, Terry mccarl come in and and run against us. And and my thought behind that always has been is is I love racing against those guys because we're not going to get any better until we race against those caliper drivers. And not saying that the drivers that are main core drivers that we race in and out with aren't any good. Uh, mm-hmm. but you know, it's it's tough. It's tougher, and I think it makes you focus and race harder. What's what's your thought, kind of behind that process?
2: Yeah,
3: I agree with you hundred percent on that. I mean, uh, you know, it's a great group of guys we race with, but at the same time, those uh, you know upper level uh, drivers that come in, you know, those guys are making a living off it, and they're probably making a pretty decent living. Um, they've got some of the best equipment and the best best knowledge about about everything there is about that race car and. Um, just to be able to follow those guys and learn a lot, and I've been pretty fortunate. Um, ever since I was old enough to run with the Outlaws mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, uh, I was able to start getting some laps, and I've run uh, 10 or 12 races with them this year, and I, I just think the tougher competition, the, the better you're making yourself, and if you're choosing not to challenge yourself, I don't really think you're ever going to get any better, so. Sometimes it's uh, good to get set in your place a little bit and feel like you have a lot to work on
1: because I think there's always something to work on and
3: you never truly have these things figured
1: out. Yeah, totally agree. I do have one other question for you. With with all the stuff that we've been going, you know, that we've raised to this two parts, I I think I may know the answer, but I may be wrong. But out of all the tracks we've ran at, what's your favorite track and what, Uh, with the motor series, what is the one thing that you can say that you kind of really like or you really enjoy about the series overall?
3: I think it would be hard for me to pinpoint one track. I've got a handful of favorites, so I I really really enjoy going down to Peasley. Uh, Maybe it's because I get a lot of laps with the Outlaws there. Um, and I feel like we built on that a lot, and then I really love going to Quincy, you know, only about 40 miles from home. And like I said, it fits my driving style really well, and Burlington's been pretty good to me, too, in all those places. Quincy's a little bit smaller, but you still carry quite a bit of speed there. So um, I definitely I definitely like all of those tracks. And, uh, um, you know, I think as far as the series goes, it's just, uh, you know, such nice people to be around. And uh, everybody has the big picture in mind. and Everybody knows that, you know, this weekend that we're all here, none of us are doing this for a living. Um, as much as we'd like to think of it as a really serious hobby, and it, and it really is. Uh, but I just think it's mm-hmm. the quality of people you're around, and every, everybody's caring for everybody. And if anybody needs a hand, the fifth, you may see two or three guys from, you know, three different teams helping somebody get their car together for the B Main or mm-hmm. just the heat race or whatever is needed. So I, I just don't think you can ever knock the quality of people with, with the series. I like
1: that. Good. Thanks. Thanks for your input, sir.
0: Well, I I think you kind of really hit the nail on the head and and I've heard even a lot of the fans even say it that this series so much is driven as much as as much as we put on a great show a lot of times on the racetrack it's driven a lot by the people the fa- cuz you guys by far are one of the mo- one of the most um interactive when it comes to the fans a lot of do a lot of neat little uh promotions and stuff to kind of get the fans involved Especially a lot of the younger fans that Just kind of explain what Just kind of What you've seen kind of being out on the road Just just ex- Explain what it means To have all these young fans come up to you All the kids that come up with their White t-shirts, their checkered flags And just wanting everything signed Just kind of explain that feeling as a, as a driver Because not everybody will get the chance To experience that Mm-hmm
1: yeah, it's
3: definitely uh, really special. I mean, truthfully, I haven't been too far removed from that. I'm still pretty young, so I can remember what that's like. And, you know, if I can remember watching Jared Hull, you know, the three- or four-time defending champion of our series. I can remember being a kid, watching him win every race at Jacksonville. And um, as a kid, you always want to get the guy that wins or whoever has the coolest-looking car, you want to get their autograph. And, uh, you know, I always I always enjoyed how it felt for them to give you the time of day whenever you ask for an autograph. So. Um being young enough to remember that and then just, you know, trying to be a good person at the track, you know, I try to do everything to, you know, make a kid's day. And I think Jeremy and uh, Kenny and all the guys that set up the autograph sessions or the car shows and all that, I think it's just really good. And, and keeping the younger kids interested, I mean, they're, they're the future. Um, you know, they're the people that are going to be watching the sport for years to come, you know, the older people, you know, it's good to get them involved too, but at the same time you got to keep those younger fans in mind
0: absolutely and I'll tell you what you've got you like we like we mentioned before we're 34 coming up it's going to be one of them weekends it looks like it's looks like the weather is actually going to cooperate with us for once because it's it's been a been almost a month since you guys been behind the wheel just kind of explain we've we've had everybody kind of exp, uh, we've had everybody so far kind of tell their feelings but Paul being young and just that sensation of speed kind of explain what it's like to you not being able to race like this, just, it surely just has to almost be maddening.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, it it almost feels like a disease to not be able to get in the car. And, and actually, it's been a little bit longer uh, for us. I mean, I crashed there at Peasley and actually ruined a race car there. So we've had a few weeks off just to get a car together. And then we were actually ready uh, about August 16th to run a 360 race in Quincy. Uh, you know, to kind of knock off the rust after a couple weeks, and then then the rain just didn't want to cooperate, and I mean, I'll tell you what, it's been a while and then, you know, I'm sure everybody's going to have a little rust, but it surely won't be quite as bad as, you know, coming after a long winter and uh, shaking everything down, but I'm definitely looking forward to it and chomping at the bit, and uh, the weather cooperates, I know Amy and Jeff will give us a great track at 34, and uh, I don't think the fans will just be disappointed with all the great racing, and I think it'll be a Two groove, three groove, four groove. It'll be a wide racetrack. I think there'll be a lot of passing, and I think definitely think it'll be a heck of a show for the fans.
0: Absolutely, 34 is one of those places that's pretty well known in all all motorsport circles for uh, for its great racing. And before we let you go here, real quick, uh, kind of get ready for the weekend. Um, who are uh, who are some of the sponsors and the crew that kind of help keep Paul Neenheiser racing on the road? And if we want to know a little bit more about your operation, where can we go to look?
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, I definitely got to thank Cam2 Racing Oil. Uh, they came on board with me last year. Uh, they've been a huge help in cutting down the cost of just you know equipment and oils like that and lubricants that you're going to go through every night. Um, we haven't had any problems with them, and I uh, know a lot of people haven't heard about them, uh, but it's definitely a great product and keeps all my stuff running really well. So I don't have a doubt it would do that for anybody else. Uh, and then Mason Sound. Actually, Mike passed away this past summer. Uh, very sad, uh, kind of a abrupt, unexpected thing. But uh, he's been on board with me since I was young, and in many sprints. Um, his son Dave still running the business, and I'm happy to have them. And I actually had a memorial sticker on one of my wings um, for Mike, and it's and it's just good to know that they're in my corner. Also Wessler Brothers Insurance. Uh, they're from Arnsville, Illinois. They've been with me since the beginning as well. Uh, great people, fierce herbicide. Buyers International, uh, Bradshaw Custom Pumping. Matt's a really good guy. uh, He's been interested in what I've been doing for a long time, so it's great to have him on board. Aaron's All John Deere, Bob Hawks Auto Body, Cating Performance. Give me some great product help and give me anything I need in a hurry. Steve Thomas Racing. Helps me out with all my helmets and tear-offs and gloves, things you don't tend to go through, but you never know when you're going to need more of that. Kayla uh, Simpson Indy and Butler Belt Seats, uh, just a lot of great people that have been there, you know, with me, and I appreciate, you know, like you said, we've had some lows this year and some highs, and that's just part of life. So I really gotta thank all these people for uh, sticking with me through the good and the bad. And I got my dad, obviously, he's been a huge support throughout my whole entire career. Uh, Roger Stock, he's in the shop every week. Ralph Will High, he keeps my motors running really well. Uh, his son, Drew, he comes to the races whenever we're down in the St. Louis area and helps out a lot. I got a couple of my buddies from school, Colin Andrews and Jordan Smith. You know, they help in the shop during the week, and we help. Uh, they help me out on uh, putting vinyl on the cars and things like that, some time-consuming stuff. And I got to thank my mom and just all the great fans and people that, you know, keep the sport of sprint car racing going.
0: Absolutely, thank you for your time Paul Neenheiser Best of luck to you this weekend up at This Saturday night up at 34 Raceways
3: Oh thanks, I appreciate it Thanks for having me guys
2: Not a problem
0: Paul Neenheiser of the number 9 Maxim chassis MOA 410 Wings front car And with that We are out of time for this week's podcast We thank each and every one of our great race fans For tuning in Jeremy, you got any final closing thoughts?
1: No, I mean, uh, how about that kid, Paul Nehiser? I mean, you couldn't find uh, one of the nicest guys and, and kids around the race and does everything like he said. You know, he when I go and do the driver uh, introductions or driver autograph sessions and stuff like that, Paul's one of the first ones to be there uh, to do that. And for a young kid, you know, um, I can truly say I'm proud to have him with our series and uh, wish him the best of luck. And, uh a great talented driver and, and you look for him he's going to be uh he's something he's been strong all year and I look for him to to, to get another win possibly this year he's been strong and, and, and looking good so uh, congratulations to him and like I said and, and his team and uh, they struggled a little bit with that stuff this year but um, man I mean just a, a great great kid great family all the way around
0: absolutely a great representative for our for our series and our sport as a whole when and- That kind of says a lot about, there's a lot of people like that in our series, but Paul's a really great example of of the kind of the youth movement that's coming in our sport, and he's a great, great example and a great, I would say pretty great spokesperson to have for our sport going forward as things move along, and just really great to have him as a part of the series, and well, Jeremy, I guess until next week, we'll, uh, we, we have to sign off here, say goodbye, we hope everybody, uh, Makes it up to 34 raceways this Saturday night. Uh, Enjoy some great racing action. Hope all you guys have a fast and safe night on the racetrack, and we hope everybody tunes back in next time around.